0: Yes. Yes. Happy All Hallows' Eve. Ooh. Ooh. Nice. Spooky. Spooky yeah, that, that episode. That is. No, you're right. It is. Welcome in. It is the Tim McKernan Show podcast. Uh, Timothy Michael McKernan, Action Jackson with you here on the program. And uh, we thank our sponsors for making this podcast possible. The great James Carlton, carltoninsurance.net. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, online at evergreenstl.com. Jamie Burkhardt, Clayton Patterson, Peter Munganast at Munganast St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota online at stlouisacura.com and altontoyota.com. And Seth Goldkamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. This is a podcast that really uh, answers your questions. That's what we do here. And you are welcome to send them in along with uh, erotic stories, questions, comments. TMCKERNAN at InsideSTL.com. T M C K E R N A N at insidestl.com. Uh, Jackson, welcome to Georgia Week.
1: It is Georgia
0: Week and the first email tends to that.
1: All right, I'm in.
0: Hey Tim. I'll start this out with this disclaimer that I'm a Razorbacks fan. But man, I wish more fans of my team would talk like you do about Missouri. You have to expect greatness in order to achieve greatness. Losing competitively should not be good enough. It's still a loss. Being the best 2-6 and six team in the country still means you're 2-6, and six, which is abysmal. Anyway, I digress. I enjoyed your sentiments this morning during the first hour regarding Missouri. That comes from, and I don't know if he wanted my, uh, his name there, Uh, Jackson, for purpose of cooperation, here is the email. Just on the off chance, people think that uh, we are making emails up here on QFTA. There it is. I don't know. It wasn't sent in with QFTA, titled College Football Talk. Um, So I, I believe, you know, he sent this in on Thursday, October 26th. Jackson and I are talking to you on Halloween 2023. And I don't recall what the exact discussion was that led this gentleman to send this email in. Do you, do you recall? What was the date again? October 26, 2023. So we know Missouri was playing Georgia because there was a bye week. Yeah. And what I think I have – I think this is where I could be off that oftentimes, for whatever reason, I would think this is what you would want, is someone saying your program can be the best.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean – and
0: I I don't know, but, but, but but at at times I feel like this wing of Missouri fans uses it against me, um, or just as another reason to, to dislike me when there are so many more, if you got to know me, (laughs) but I, my issue with, I don't know if it's an older generation of Missouri fan or what is, we did a podcast in September, why not Missouri?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And... Missouri was a win away from playing for the national championship twice since 2007. So therefore, you can't tell me it can't happen. Right, 100%. It it, it can. And so I think, I think where James is the gentleman's name who sent this in, I think where he is coming from was Iggy was saying, well, you just want to make sure you don't get blown off the field or something like that. And it's one of those things that... My mindset on on these kinds of things has changed over time. There is a difference between getting blown off the field if Missouri were to get blown off the field this year against Georgia, and getting blown off the field in 2021 uh, against whomever. Sure, but it it was happening a couple of times in 2021. Tennessee. That would be one of them, and I believe A and M was about to do it, and they looked like they started to kind of sit on the ball. I was why well, I took Florida State this I took Wake Forest this past weekend, plus like twenty one, mm-hmm. and I think they were down. I don't know they were down a lot, and they came out to kick a field goal, and it was like twenty four nothing or something like that. And the color analyst and I loved it. He goes, "Okay, he goes well. They're not playing to try and mount a comeback in the second half. They're playing for a cosmetic score." Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I want to embrace this gentleman (laughs) because that is what goes on at times. And I cite this story from Gary Pinkle back playing Texas, and I think Vince Young was the quarterback and Missouri, lost by a quote-unquote respectable score, and he was asked about it in the post-game press conference. There's no moral victories around here. But the reason why I'm I'm presenting the different context in 2023 versus 2021 is clearly, even if Missouri would have lost to K-State, I would have been on here. Now, the delay a game thing before the 61-yard field goal, that's a different thing. But as far as the way the team played, clearly they were better than last year. And in 2022, clearly they were better than they were in 2021. And so from my standpoint, you look at if a team is progressing to getting to a spot where they can compete for a championship. And Missouri has been making that progress. Last year, it was close in, in losses to Kentucky and Auburn that really could have slash should have been wins. At the same time, there were wins against Vanderbilt, yep. Arkansas. And I feel like I'm leaving one out that were, that were close as well. Point being, there were, there were games that could have flipped both ways. It wasn't sure. like, oh, Missouri was just two wins away from, well, I mean, they also were two close games away from two more losses. But you could tell from my standpoint, and I'm a college football fanatic, and, and usually pretty good on how things play out. This past weekend, uh, Utah and in, in, in Oregon was a big surprise to me with how badly Oregon beat them. But otherwise, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty good on the ranges of outcome that you can tell if the program is moving upwards or if they're moving downwards. And so Missouri is now in a spot that truly, Jackson, as we sit here three, four days from the game, it is the biggest opportunity for this football program in my lifetime as far as becoming legitimate in the eyes of the college football world that views Missouri in the same way that I think Cardinal fans would view, i God, I don't even know, the Padres or something like that. Eh, you know, they have some nice years here and there, but for the most part they kind of just, you know, they've never won, and they just kind of flop around. back. Mm-hmm. You go into Georgia and you beat Georgia – and you are in control of the SEC East and in control of your own destiny to compete for the national championship. And you've done it, by the way, by winning in Georgia, yeah. not by this backdoor channels. That is how, you know, keep going back to you. be the man. You got to beat the man. And this is the team that has the 25 game win streak and two time national champions in their place. And then people go, why Missouri beat Georgia? Holy shit. Oh, Missouri's. Eight got and one?
1: Gotta put respect on the name.
0: Right. And what, who'd Missouri lose to? LSU. And they'd go 49-30. Now they lost by ten points. Now those of us who watched it know it was a pick six at the end of the game. Otherwise it was 42. That that's my point on sometimes these scores. You don't play and I and I and I worry that, that will be that could be the talking point if Missouri loses by like ten Saturday in Athens. Right. Well, I mean they covered the spread, and I mean Georgia's a monster. I understand that thought process. I absolutely do. I do understand the process because I, the thought process, because I do, you know, understand that you go, okay, Missouri plays Georgia 100 times in Athens. How many times has Missouri beat them with these current rosters? We're taking Brock Bowers off the field for Georgia. My answer would be I think 25 to 30. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm off the mark on that. I think there are a few of those 25s where Missouri wins by a, a relatively comfortable margin. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I do think that that is isn't play. I don't sure. think I don't know I don't know if we appreciate how good Missouri is uh, because they're Missouri. Yeah, right. And by that I mean so often I think college people don't necessarily know about the individuals playing or line play, which to me is oftentimes the biggest thing. But you know, stats don't necessarily. Uh, stand out on offensive linemen or defensive linemen, unless they're getting a bunch of sacks, Uh, or back in the day with Orlando Pace, the pancake stat, that if Missouri had Tennessee's name, and their only loss was, and they were going into Georgia. I think there'd be more attention on it nationally. See yeah. what I'm saying?
1: Oh, I totally. Okay. Agree.
0: Yeah. And I'm not, and I'm not and that this there's a there's a victim mentality of Missouri fans that everybody's out to get them. When in reality, most people just aren't paying attention.
1: It's more indifference than that. A
0: hundred percent. So, with that said, I think I can get caught up in that. I go, but this is a chance. This is an absolute chance. The, the I joked about it on Balloon Party today, but for real. I, I was like, Dan Campbell, I was watching the Lions game, or something with Michelle Beisner-Buck interviewing Dan Campbell popped up on my Twitter timeline. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, this guy really is. He is, He's genuine. I'm, I'd love to see the Lions have success. Me too. And I'm like, where did Campbell go? Because my guess is he's right around my age, a little older. That was my guess. And I'm like, I bet I may have watched him play. I'm like, A&M? Oh, fuck, he was there in 98. And somebody had tweeted at me, the last Missouri road game in November with this much implication was 1998 at AM. And i am like, I remember that game. Randy Potter, who I believe went to Melville, fumbled the punt late in the game, and that cost him the game. But I didn't remember the exact circumstances, so I typed it into YouTube. And sure enough, the whole fucking game is up there.
1: Shout out YouTube. That's so
0: cool. Oh. And I watched it, and I was watching. I'm like, holy shit. A&M's number six in the country. They were 10-1 and one at the time. They had only lost to Florida State, who I know Florida State's back now, but they had gone away for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess in between the Jameis years and now, and in the 1990s though, they were right there with Nebraska as being the force, and uh, and Florida I suppose, and uh, and Missouri was absolutely playing with them. It, was, it rained all game in Missouri. I think I bet a lot of those guys on the Missouri team would say, "Holy shit, we we absolutely." They didn't have a Missouri. How about this? You're gonna piss yourself. <laughs> and I would have never known this if I hadn't watched the game. The fact that I watched a 25-year-old game is concerning, but I did. Missouri had kicked. Now, they're number 13 in the country at College Station playing number six. Number 13. It's mid-November, so we're deep into the season here. Missouri had kicked a grand total of four field goals. They trotted a gentleman out there to kick, I believe, a 26-yarder. May have been 36, and it looked like what... You know, it looks like a, like a rogue tee shot, you know. Shanked, yeah. And so at the end of the game, they get in a spot where, again, it's raining. I mean, I'd love to know what 21-year-old me thought when Larry Smith, Larry Smith as a head coach, sent this guy out there. He, was the play, he wasn't the he was their place kicker. He was their, what the hell do you call it? The guy that kicks off the kickoffs. Whatever the fuck. Yeah, that guy.
1: Yeah, just the usually it's the kicker. same guy. Yeah, usually. But
0: in this case, they had three different kickers. None of them could kick. And so they're like 58 yards, we'll try this. And I'm like. I mean, I already know they lost because I knew they lost, but I'm like, I bet this is going to look atrocious. And it looked like like Tiger hitting a stinger, you know, in that rain. I mean, it isn't something that Harrison Mevis could do. Right. And I didn't realize, and I guess it just shows you the shift in mindset, that had Missouri won that game, which they absolutely could have slash should have now having watched it again, they would have hosted, well, they did host, number one, Kansas State. Michael Bishop was their star quarterback. And had they beaten K-State, they then play for the Big 12. In St. Louis, by the way. Oh, wow. It was at the Dome. And I'm going, God, it's amazing to think, like, how important it is for a fan base's mindset to not expect greatness. There's a difference. But to believe it's possible. I mean, I was watching that game. I probably – I said to my wife, who was at the time 14 – uh in 1998 i said you know i anchored the sports that night i bet the ladies in columbia you know all had the hitachi magic wands out right and i'm sure they did yeah it kind of was a given and she goes "Ugh," <laughs> and i don't know what the i don't know if she was like you're that old that you were anchoring in 1998 <laughs> or the magic wand comment and the truth of the magic wand comment i think right. is probably the thing that hit her hardest
1: and again on the television it's a 25 year old football game yeah.
0: On, on my on my laptop, I'm either watching Gabe in bed or 25 year old football games that I watched with Gabe. And I really gotta text the Colonel that I watched this game, and he's gonna what the fuck's wrong? With that? That's that's what I, for real. I bet if I text, him, he goes, "What's fucking wrong with you? You like really bored." But what I'm trying to communicate: Number one, Dan Campbell was a tight end on the Texas A&M team. That's how I wound up there. Barry Odom was middle linebacker on Missouri's team. Dante Hall. Uh, who wound up being a great kick returner? Maybe when you were a Rams fan, because oh, he did it more with the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, I remember the the Rams. He was their running back. He yeah. was their
0: running back. Can you imagine a running back? He was like kind of my size ish. Yeah, really short. Yeah, he played corner. Right? That was his
1: Position right? it was corner.
0: Well, he yeah. was a running back at Texas and he was a running back.
1: Oh, I thought
0: he was a running. He was like the Tavon Austin before there was Tavon Austin. Yeah, that went well. Uh, I did. What I'm finally going to say is this: I was there. I was in Columbia, Missouri. Missouri was two realistic wins away from winning mm-hmm. the Big 12 North and playing in St. Louis for the Big 12 against, guess who wound up playing? Texas A&M. No, no. And it wasn't even on our minds. It wasn't even on our minds. And that, and I don't feel like I'm, I know you weren't alive or you were alive, but you know, eight months old yeah. to, to revisit it. That was much more realistic Then what this is because this isn't just beating Georgia it's also beating Georgia Tennessee Florida Arkansas and then whatever lurks in the SEC championship game most likely Alabama or LSU I mean holy shit this was A&M K-State and maybe it would have been A&M or Texas uh, back back then but I can tell you that you know I I was. It's certainly a different caliber of game. Missouri's running the option. Corby Jones ran the option. Then he drop back to pass, and the ball's you know maybe going ten yards in the air. I mean, it's a different football game. But that's what was Missouri's offense. It's not like everybody was running that style of offense. I mean, that was the same year, I believe. Peyton Manning. No, Manning was the year before. I think. Yeah, I guess this was the year that uh, Tennessee won the national championship. So, with with what I'm trying to communicate here is, I was there. Nobody was even thinking about it being possible. And here we are, 25 years later, November of 1998 to November of 2023, and I'm being told again by plenty of people, and it's fine. I'm not like I'm trying. I'm not trying to evangelize people. I don't. It doesn't really matter if anybody else believes. I can't make people believe. But it is amusing to me because Missouri, unlike the Cardinals and Blues, and back in the day the Rams, and now City, not everyone in St. Louis is a Missouri fan. As they, should. I totally understand sure. that. Uh, You have plenty of Illinois fans. Plenty of people go, well, I mean, it's in Columbia. It's not St. Louis. There are people just anti-college, I guess, which is an interesting thing. But it is what it is. Whereas in Arkansas, you may have grown up in Little Rock, but you cheer for Fayetteville and the Razorbacks. In Mississippi, you might be in Jackson, but you're polling for either the team in Oxford or Starkville. You may be in Mobile, but you're polling for the team in Tuscaloosa or Auburn and so on and so forth. You may be in Hilton Head, but you're cheering for the team in Columbia, South Carolina, or Clemson, South Carolina. That is not what we have here in Missouri at this point. You have to win in order to get there for people to get on board, and you also have to have an exciting product. And what, you know, I guess we happen to be right. I certainly had a formula. I don't usually, I'm very, when it comes to gambling, we've experienced the lack of reward on making predictions on the air. So unless I really feel strongly about something, I don't say it. You were vocal, if I'm not mistaken, on Cal against USC. I was vocal on Wisconsin against Ohio State. And the Colonel was vocal on Kansas against Oklahoma. All three covered. Colonel hit with... Uh, Kansas. Although the thing about the Kansas, they were only really a seven-point underdog. Yeah, right. I think more people are caught on what Kansas used to be versus what they are now. They're twenty-two right now. And what we're Oklahoma caught. used to be versus what Oklahoma is now. I mean, I realize they were undefeated, but I'm just not sure they're a great, great team. Uh, yeah, Kansas is six and two. Yeah. So with that all established, I am, I, I just, I do well around people who are charging the hill. And I don't do well around people who are just accepting of whatever. And it's one thing if you don't have the goods to be great. Yeah. But I believe Missouri football has the goods to be great. And I'm not talking about just 2023 or 2013 or 2007 or if you want to use 2010 as an example when they beat number one Oklahoma, I'm just talking about in general. It is a unique set of circumstances to be the only FBS school in the SEC right at the midpoint of two top, I believe, Kansas cities in the top 30, if not top 35 markets. I mean, they're trending upward. St. Louis is trending downward. But either way, two relatively large cities, it's positioned quite well. So I don't just go, oh, I hope they get to a bowl game. Oh, good, they got six wins. That's just not. If you can compete for an SEC championship, which they did twice in the last decade, and if you can compete for a Big Twelve championship when they were there twice in their final five years there, then you sure as hell can compete in twenty twenty three. And I'm not saying it's going to happen year in and year out, but I don't just accept that. Oh, good, they 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 made it respectable against Georgia. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. For these guys who are gonna be putting on the pads in Athens, Georgia, with a chance to give this program its signature win. And not over like Mississippi State who's having a good year against a blue blood.
1: Yeah. You know blue as it gets.
0: It's as blue as it gets at the moment. It is the standard. And so you have that opportunity. And that's why the LSU thing I loved. That you were as despondent as you were still two days later after that. I was surprised by it. I'm not happy that you were <laughs> sad, but I'm like, good. Because I think that I think I think if that were again, I use Mississippi State, another kind of whatever program at the moment in the SEC, and wow. it's not fair to use Vanderbilt. So I don't know. And people kind of consider Arkansas as a rival. Take your pick. LSU is held up there in the same tier, I think, of the SEC as Georgia and Alabama. And so it's like I mean they you know I mean everybody were taking five and one at the beginning of the year and losing to LSU by ten points. I'm like okay if that, if that's through the lens through we're gonna see things then are we really going to achieve greatness? Right. You have to the, the goals change. Oh yeah. And I'm sure people who were Missouri fans the goals changed after they lost to Wyoming. You know they can go the other way. Yeah. Missouri may have been the better team. Than LSU, they had the best player, but they may not have been as good as Missouri. But I know that sounds weird to say Missouri's better than LSU. And I'm not saying, as I said, I think Missouri wins 25 out of 30 times, 25 to 30 times out of 100 against Doors. So I recognize that. But I'm not going to the game going, boy, I hope they keep it respectful. Well, that is such a loser mentality. Yeah, fuck that. And I'm not saying it like, if you think that way, you are a loser. I don't do the name-calling thing. I'm just I'm, I'm just telling you this. There's no way. There is no way that anybody who is going to be playing in that game for Missouri is thinking, I hope we keep it within 10 points. There's just no way. I think they know that they've got something. And it. You know, and I go back to looking at that game from 25 years ago, because when you're in it, you can't really tell. And I'm watching that. And then I also know that Dat Wynn went on to have a career with the Dallas Cowboys. Rich Cody was in the secondary for NM, played for Missouri. Uh, or excuse me, the Rams. Uh, Dan Campbell played for a variety of teams. He won a Super Bowl with the New York Giants. Uh, that a and m team was a damn good dante hall right. damn good team, but Missouri was moving them around the field, and again, I think if ever all parties were being honest, I think they would say that was a game Missouri should have won. Mm-hmm. But when you're in the middle, you're like, oh, fuck, Randy Potter fumbled on. I guess it's Missouri at least there. But as time goes on and you see what happens in 2007 and you see what happens in 2010 and you see what happens in 2013, you start to go, okay, it is possible. At that time, nobody in my age range had ever seen it. Missouri football was to the Big 8 what Vanderbilt is to the SEC, truly, in our lifetimes, for those of us who were in school at that time. And so... What I'm what I'm communicating is I I can't control nor do I want to control uh, anybody's minds on it, but where I come from is this team can win the national championship. Am I expecting it? Of course not, but it can. It sounds I it sounds ridiculous, but. You know, you and I, I guess it was more identified with me at the beginning of the season on the Missouri win total over. I mean, I remember there was a whole long guy laid out each game by game on the podcast a couple months ago before the season. And he wasn't being an ass about it. He's like, I just don't get where you see it. And I go, I've been around college football, following it closely enough to know that there is so much value on. Teams returning starters, right. whatever age they are. But especially that means they've gotten time on the field as freshmen and sophomores. And that shows you that they're raw talent. And then they're going to have, most likely, exponential growth. See the guy who, would, for a time anyway, was being talked about as a Heisman candidate in Luther Burden. And if he has a big game in Athens, it's going to absolutely start up again. He's mm-hmm. not even on the board right now. Well, what? He was playing as a freshman, of course, because he's got ridiculous talent. But he didn't look like a star as a freshman. Who does at wide receiver? Right. At 19 years right. old. Right. It's just not the way that it works. So it cuts both ways. If you have a bunch of returning starters coming back, you've got ability Mm -hmm. uh, to do something special. It also cuts the other way. It can be rough when you lose all those starters because now you're introducing players. That's why sustained greatness, like you've seen in Athens, Georgia, and Tuscaloosa, Alabama over the last number of years, speaks to just how incredible those programs are. But they still can be beaten.
1: Yes, they can.
0: And I I just reject out of hand, and that's what this email was in reference to, going, well, I mean, if they if they lose by seven, this program has made progress. The program made progress last year. Mm-hmm. So it was weird that I went from being, oh, you're anti Eli drink. I'm not anti-Eli Drinkwitz. I'm anti thinking that you gotta lock them up to an extension because you beat a bad LSU team in the COVID year. That's what I'm anti. If you want to, be my guest, because he's going to leave if he wants to, and you're going to whack him if you want to, and people are going to pay for it. But it just would strike me as odd. So I was low on him in comparison to Mizzou, uh, hardcore Mizzou fans after his first year. And then after his second year, I'm like, I saw him managing the game against a to keep it cosmetically close. And I'm like, that isn't a good sign. But last year, progress was made. Yep. The problem is the record didn't really indicate progress. So I was anxious to see what happened this year with an offensive coordinator and all these returning starters on on defense in particular never thinking for the record that Brady Cook would play how he's played in yeah. many games Biggest never did, of the year. never most pleasant surprise i just like I, if he can be fine then hopefully the defense can win the games and what's happened missouri for the most part this year has been an offensive team
1: yeah oh yeah
0: uh, the outlier kind of being that Middle Tennessee thing, which I still – the only thing I can explain on that is that they were just keeping their cards close to the vest before K-State because K-State meant everything. That's the I,
1: only thing that – because what else? How could you flip that quickly in a
0: week? Right, and that's, And that's why I was like, God, they may lose this game, and I'm going to come in on Monday – and say both on TMA and Balloon Party how it is clear that the program has made progress year over year, and I'm going to be laughed out of the room and called a homer because I went to Missouri, even the wild Missouri fans say I'm anti-Missouri, so it's great. Nice dichotomy. Absolutely. But, I mean, like, they clearly were a better football team. Yeah. Clearly. Like, that was on full display. It would have been brutal if they lost, but then when they won, they'd be like, holy shit, now they really got this going. Well, keep in mind... They really were on the verge of losing that thing, but they won it. So fine. And then you take care of Memphis, but the defense wasn't there against Memphis. And the defense wasn't there against Vanderbilt, and it sure as hell wasn't there against LSU. But it's understandable considering the talent on that offense and in particular quarterback. But then the defense was incredible in the final three quarters against Kentucky and overall against South Carolina, um, albeit South Carolina being a really beat-up offensive line. So when I see that, I go, shit. I mean, Missouri's kind of dominated at times in their last three games against three teams that either had expectations going into the year or uh, still have them, mm-hmm. as we speak, like LSU. And I am okay, maybe they really have something. No matter what, that's a question. But also, no matter what is, this is the program's most signature opportunity to put itself on the map with a road game in my lifetime because you're playing for an SEC championship against the defending two-time defending national champion in their building in a 25-game, and you're a 16-and-a-half-point underdog. Yeah,
1: what more could you want?
0: This is the opportunity. And so, yeah, if they lose 24 to 23, I'm absolutely going to be disappointed. Yeah. I'm already there that the the program has made progress. But I don't go into it going – Whether you lose fifty to three or twenty-four to twenty-three, it's still gonna be a team that is seven and two.
1: Yep.
0: Lay everything on the line and take chances. It's it's like tin cup.
1: Yeah. You know, Don Johnson's
0: laying up. He's going for it because nobody's gonna hand you anything. You gotta go fucking take it. And so, and I'm not saying that they're going into it. Like I said, I don't think anybody with Missouri is going, oh, I hope we can just manage this and not embarrass ourselves. You have the talent to beat these guys. Most of the time, they're probably going to beat you, but there will be opportunities to do it. Sometimes the ball just bounces the wrong way or it bounces the right way. And when you have that moment, I mean, I am 47 years old and here I am saying this is the best opportunity all of the pieces I'm talking about they played great teams before yeah they have but not when both teams are playing for a championship not in the CBS 230 national television time slot not with the team on a 25 game winning streak not with the SEC still in play and the national championship still in play all these things are there everything that you dream of is in front of you so with one football game all of that goes away I'm going to be disappointed and I stand by that and I don't care if they lose by one or if they lose by 50 because in my mind, it's clear the program is already on an upward trajectory, which is a fan what you want. But in the moment, you want to be on an upward trajectory so you can get to these opportunities to put yourself on a higher pedestal in cast system in college football. We bitch about the 11 o'clock starts to 11 o'clock start because Missouri's still not a brand that carries weight. Nobody's doing this because they're anti-Missouri. They're doing it because they're pro-money, yeah. and that's their job. So that's why Missouri oftentimes gets these shit time slots. But if you win, you get the better time slots because you're building a brand, and I believe that is possible in Columbia, Missouri, and that is my official platform. So if it's misunderstood as being anti-Missouri, my God, if anything, it's anti Missouri low expectations from Missouri fans. I understand an outsider who is whether an Illinois fan, or, you know Kansas fans, or somebody who just doesn't care about college football. Why the fuck are you talking about it? I understand that when it's coming from Missouri on Missouri crime, that's that's the thing that I just for the life of me I can't get. I I, I really believe that this team can win the national championship. I truly do. Do I expect it? No. But the fact that I can go online right now and put $100 down and win $30,000, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm like, I'm doing that all day long. Absolutely. I, not because job. I expect it, but because, yeah, $30,000 right. for a dollars you right. know, $3,000 to one, you better believe it. I'll take that any day. Yeah. So that's, that's where I'm coming from, Jackson. So uh, th- what was, I don't even know if it was for QFTA huh. from this gentleman. Uh, I appreciate it. But I, I wanted to seize the moment with the question to explain exactly where I am coming from. I understand. It would be one thing if I'm like, God, they might still be really shitty. I mean, they beat Vanderbilt and they beat um, Middle Tennessee and South Dakota. And I don't know, is there another butt-ass on there? Memphis isn't really a butt-ass. And they beat Memphis. Okay, you know, and now they have Georgia. Then I'd be like, I still don't know if they've, right. if they've improved. But they've beaten Kansas State. And Kansas State, I think when it's all said and done, could be live to win the Big 12. Keep an eye on that. Big is up for grabs. Yeah, And sure. Kansas is trending now. That Oklahoma State loss looked terrible. Now Oklahoma State has one of the best running backs in the country. They have the top running back in the country. Yeah. Uh, I realize most people don't know this stuff. I understand it. I'm a college football goof. Um, and then uh, then LSU. LSU when Missouri's playing them. I remember somebody said to me, I think Brian Kelly's in the hot seat. I'm like... I don't think he's on the hot seat. He just played for the SEC championship. But if this thing spirals, he'll be on the hot seat next year. Right, right. Um, and now here we are a month later, less than a month later, and they're right back in the mix for possibly the national championship if some things break their way with a Heisman Trophy candidate. Kentucky, a defining moment, a team that had only lost to Georgia. Yep. And there was a lot of attention going into that game. And Missouri outplayed the hell out of them the final three quarters. Dominated, dominated. them. If Georgia would have that, people, well, oh, that's what Georgia does. Missouri doesn't. Wow, I wonder what's going on with Kentucky. That's what goes on. There and you. that's fine. That's what's going to come with it. And then South Carolina, they absolutely dominated South Carolina in the first half to the point they were just like, I think they were thinking Luther Burns a little beat up. Let's just get out of here and win this thing. There's no way that offensive line is going to be able to match 24 points in the yep. second half. Yep. So, fuck it. So, with that all said, that's what great teams do. They, not ju- they don't just win. They dominate. And at times, over these last three games, Missouri's dominated. And so then I sit there and I go, okay, I've seen some of these great Missouri teams. And people think of 07 and 13. But 98 was a great Missouri team. You know who they lost to? Number one Ohio State in Columbus. I know you're sitting there going, holy shit, they went to Columbus to play Ohio State? Yes, yes they did. <laughs> Uh, and they were beating them at halftime, and that was the number one team in the country. Holy shit. Uh, I think Nebraska was like around five. They had a Hail Mary to win it, but they lost that one, but they were winning at halftime. I just made reference to a They were number six, fumbled punt deep in their own territory in a 14-14 game. a kicks a game-winning field goal. 17-14, they lose that. And number one, Kansas State, which they were also leading at the half.
1: Brutal schedule.
0: And, and they were, and that's the thing. So it's it's kind of forgotten. But it was there. But what I remember is I was there and nobody was thinking Big 12 championship. We, like, it's like, it's in my hometown and we're not even thinking about the possibility of it. And it just shows how the mindset has changed that people are at least starting to talk about it. But still, we get plenty. Of, Missouri's got no chance of winning. I mean, what the hell? I was When I was talking about the over on the six and a half wins, what are you doing? That's stupid. They're going to lose. They always lose. And I'm like, okay, you're, you're welcome to that. I mean, you don't have to bet it. I'm going to because I really see what, you know, all the returning starters are. But again, one of the reasons why they're in this position is Brady Cook, and that wasn't one of my reasons for betting it. My thought process was the defense. So that was because of all of the returning starters, and up until the last couple of games, that defense hadn't looked particularly good. Point being, Missouri can beat you in multiple ways. And I think as far as a set of circumstances go, having a bye week going into it and having Georgia in the midst of playing a rivalry game against Florida on a neutral site, Missouri, Ole Miss, and then at Knoxville – I don't know if you could ask for a better set of circumstances for the climate to be right for the upset. And so, again, how often do you get these chances? I think when you're in the moment, you don't realize how rare they are, mm-hmm. but they are rare. For sure, And when you have them, you have to seize the moment. And that is where I'm coming from, and that is why I'll be disappointed. But I am comfortable with exposing myself to emotional pain from what a group of 18- to 23-year-olds do on a football field in Georgia on Saturday afternoon because the reward of them pulling what many would consider the unthinkable but I think is actually possible would be greater than the pain of the loss. And that is worth it to me as a fan.
1: 1,000 guys just right there. It's so fucking worth it. Like it, all the heartache is totally worth it. And some I see so often, and it really it doesn't wanna piss me off. It's a little strong, but it's to me, it's just like um, I like I roll my eyes because it's like, well, you know, Mizzou, they're gonna Mizzou. You know, they're just gonna Mizzou. They'll figure out a way to lose, they'll Mizzou it up. And I think I'm like that's so devoid of any analysis. By it's just it's just thinking like the players on the field on Saturday do not care or do not even – some of them probably don't even know about the fifth down game. They don't know about Norfolk State. They don't know about any of the shit the Missouri fans have going through. They're looking across the field and saying, I need to beat the person across the field for me. That's all. And I'm telling you right now, In Georgia and practice this week are looking at number three Luther Burden and saying, we don't have anybody like him. Brock Bowers is like him, but he's not playing. We don't have anybody like him. There's very few people like him playing college football. So they, they know that. They know that Missouri has guys that Georgia would love to have. I bet they would love to have Cody Schrader right now. He's yeah, which sounds
0: game. amusing if you were to t- say it like a year and a half ago. But yeah, I mean he's yeah. he's he's that kind of force. That is, and I'll tell you what, from my standpoint, Jackson, he is uh, the key to the game. As dumb as that they is,
1: establish the run.
0: Got to establish the run. Georgia likes to play a, a, a cover two. And they'll play high cover, too. And and so the next thing you know is if they're just going to, like, try to just, okay, we'll keep burden in check, and so let these other guys beat us. Yep. And if they do, fine, but we're not going to let him beat us. Yep. And if you can establish the run, what that can open up.
1: That's the key. And they've struggled um, with that sometimes this year, is the first half establishing the run they right. sometimes don't do. You're right. You're
0: exactly right about that. And then the second half they can. I just think that not, for this defense, not having a mobile quarterback is a big positive for cute. Missouri's defense. Because they got back where Jaden Daniels was. They are in his lap. He just He's, bolted.
1: His footwork, his footwork is unbelie- unlike any I've seen in recent years in college
0: football. And if they win in Tuscaloosa this Saturday, I assume he'll have a lot to do with it. And then I think this plus 400, which I thought I was going to get at a nice value, uh, which now isn't that great of a value for him to win the Heisman. I'm just like, yeah, how... Who's more important to their team? Oh, yeah. I know Marvin Harrison Jr. is a great, great player. Don't get me wrong, but how is Ohio State winning with their defense? Right, 100%. So, you know, and Michael Penix, God bless him, great, great player. Certainly was, in, you know, had the the key plays to come back against Oregon, but holy crap, the last two weeks against Arizona State and Stanford, uh, so cool. it's not like it's been an offensive clinic for Michael Penix. So, Yeah, Jaden Daniels is my play at the moment for the Heisman Trophy because I'm bullish on LSU, which was very fortunate to get out of Columbia, Missouri with a win because if they don't, I have a feeling that thing spirals and they would have lost another game between now and and then. Yes, and now they're right back in and they have one more road game and it's a Saturday against Alabama. Um, So I personally, from a college football standpoint and as a Missouri fan in particular, while it's going on, I can tell you what it is I love about it. I love the hope, even if it is still a long shot. Here's the reality. It's still a long shot. For, for Michigan, Georgia, crazy as that may sound, Ohio State, Florida State, Washington, Oregon. I don't know who I'm leaving out. I feel like I'm leaving somebody out. Texas, Oklahoma, yeah. uh, LSU, Notre Dame, Alabama, whomever I'm not including. Because I just named a bunch of teams that are still theoretically in the mix. Some may need some help. Some may control their own destiny. The point is, a bunch of these teams, and, it, you know, hell, Georgia-Michigan play, it's not like one's going to win all 10 out of 10 times. No way. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. So things have to happen. For Georgia, they're going to have to beat Missouri, Ole Miss, Tennessee. I'd like to think Georgia Tech for them wouldn't be much of an issue. And then either Alabama or LSU or Ole Miss, I suppose. Again, although I think that's not possible. If Georgia playing the SEC, that means yeah, they beaten right, Ole Miss right, and eliminated right. them. So they're then Alabama, LSU. So they got to get them. Yep. I mean, holy shit! And then beat whomever right. in the quarter in the semifinals, and then beat whoever in the national championship. That just shows how difficult it is, even for Georgia. Ohio State might be in the driver's seat, considering they've already beaten Penn State. They still have to go to Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yes, they do. So that's to just get to the playoff, most likely. It's that tough for those schools, and they've been there. They've all been there. In this case, Missouri hasn't, and I don't know when they'll be there again because a lot of these guys are going to see some turnover as far as the players go. Got to seize the opportunity. And, I, of course, the players are in that mindset, but I'm saying from a fan standpoint – Are you a fan because you hope Missouri keeps it close when they play great teams? Are you a fan because you want to see them do the unthinkable? Did you think in 2007 Missouri would be playing Kansas at Arrowhead Stadium for the right to be number one? No. Unthinkable, but it happened with people walking out of Arrowhead Stadium chanting, We're number one. I felt like I was on some kind of fucking mushroom, you know, feast walking out of there. Uh, 2013, after a terrible year in the SEC, where Gary Pinkle may have been coaching for his job, and that realistically they're a missed field goal away from being undefeated going into the SEC championship game against Auburn. Who would have thought that? So I remember walking into the Georgia Dome going, I can't believe the school I went to is in this for this game. And this game is kind of like a, you know, it's it's a it's a college football sacred arena. The SEC championship game is a different kind of thing, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know? Right. I mean, some may say, like, the Rose Bowl or something like that, but, you know, it may have been back in the day. Now it's now it's just a venue. You know, it might be the second-place team in the Pac-12 against the second-place team in the Big Ten because the other two are in the, the playoff. Yeah, right. uh, it's not the same thing. Uh, so I'm like, holy shit, my alma mater is playing in the SEC championship game. And that was a decade ago, and I realized they were back in 2014, but that team likely wasn't going to get the nod Mm -hmm. for uh, playing in the college football playoff. These don't happen often. You you become a fan, and if you're a Blues fan and you live through, take your pick of whatever heartbreaking moment it is that you would want to cite, and there are plenty in the Blues history, I think there are some parallels with Missouri fans and, and Blues fans. Was it all worth it when... You experienced that night in June and watched that team lift the Stanley Cup in Boston, you know. And I would imagine most would say, you're damn right it was. It was worth Steve Iserman from, you know, the parking lot at Joe, Leo's, Joe Louis Arena. It was worth Roman Turk not paying attention. Um, it was all of the pain that made the reward of being a fan that much greater. I wouldn't have gone, Well, oh, the Bruins are good. They took them to seven. We'll see if they, you know. It's not it, man. That's not it. This is an opportunity. And that is where I come from. But it's also kind of how I live and that I'm not just looking to just cash a check. I'm always thinking of what's the next thing that, you know, you can do to try to do something that is, you know, I don't know what the right word would be, but uh, leave some form of a legacy in some capacity and not just collect a check. And so from that standpoint, that's the mindset. That's what I mean by charging the hill. They're not going, okay, you know, eight wins. It's a great year. Well, I mean, it it may have been if you thought they might have been a two-win team. But if you thought the team had real potential to do something special, and then as things shook out, you're going, holy shit, now we have a chance. It's November, and we're going to Athens, Georgia for the SEC East. I'm not thinking, boy, I hope they keep it close. And let's go fucking win this thing
1: absolutely
0: let's go win this thing and i realize it's not likely i'm a hundred percent aware of that but it's definitely possible and i think it's more possible than people around the country and maybe in the state of missouri give it credit for but in order to get people to buy in you have to win so i can't fault people for that i'm just laying out that 1998 comparison to say i was there in school anchoring on KOMU, the student news uh, television station and in my mind, I'm like, fuck, Randy Potter it just costs us the Big 12. And that's not all on Randy Potter. But we weren't even thinking that way. If somebody were to have a moment like that in Athens this Saturday, I'd be like, oh, well, fuck, there goes the SEC. Yeah, they might win nine games. And I realize that's a great year showing more progress. But the, the, the jury's already back in. The progress has been made. The yeah. coin toss games, they've already won the coin toss games. I suppose you could say Florida's a coin toss game. But going into the season, you check the box on K-State. You check the box on winning at Kentucky, which to me was the toughest one, at least in my mind, going in. And you check the box on beating Florida. And if they lose a coin flip game the rest of the way, I okay, fine. But the program is making progress. And that shows you that you're doing things to get you to these opportunities, which is winning an SEC championship. That's what it's all about.
1: 100%. And that's the thing, too, is like, you know, they lose, they lose on Saturday and then win out. And someone comes up to me and goes, well, 10-win season, what a year. The difference to me in a 10-win season where you don't go to the SEC championship and a seven- or six-win season, pretty close. The difference between a 10-win or six-win season and going to the SEC championship with a chance to go to the college football playoff is massive. That's what I want. Okay, you know, you had it, 10 wins. Great, awesome, super cool. Went to the Texas Bowl. That sucks. Like, that sucks. Going for it all is awesome. And the idea, like, I'm fully aware that I will be in a position where I'll be extremely disappointed on Saturday evening. And I am totally okay with that because the rush of endorphins I will get if they are to knock off Georgia and then all you have going oh, forward yeah. is three wins and you are in Atlanta is everything
0: Yeah, and isn't absolutely. that a
1: sports fan? Like that's what it's, you that's want. That's what
0: you want, right? I just I think because Missouri fans are so predisposed to disappointment that there is this preparation mindset for dis- being crushed. That it's like, oh, you know, LSU. I mean, it's LSU. If you would have told us five and one, we would have taken that. Oh, Ryan Wingo still have Luther burden Like, no, both those things really suck. And there's nothing wrong with saying publicly, man, that really sucks. Yeah. Don't have to be mad at people, per se, so much as to go, man, that hurts. Yeah. That hurts, because it does. Different situation if you're undefeated going into Athens, Georgia. Different situation if you're going, okay, Ryan Wingo's coming as well. There is some momentum on the recruiting front. Those two things didn't happen in the month of October. But a bunch of other good things have that a lot of people didn't see coming. I sure as hell, as I keep saying, didn't see Brady Cook coming. And if you would have told me they're going to beat – K-State, they're going to beat Kentucky and Kentucky, and they're going to beat South Carolina, I'd be like, holy shit. Then that means they likely are in a spot where they have, at the most, one loss. Because yep. I looked at who was on the schedule in September other than those teams, and I'm going, shit, this is a prime opportunity to win some games and get people on board, and most importantly, keep hope. Yep. Believe that the... Seemingly impossible is impossible. And I recognize if Missouri loses on Saturday, even if they lose by 10, most people around the country go, Missouri, good team, still having a great year. But Georgia did what you thought they were going to do. Yep. But I'm saying as somebody who has been around this team for as long as I've been and doing this job for as long as I've been doing it, and I go back and I go, holy shit, I got to go back to when I was in Columbia as a student to find the last time Missouri had a road game in November, a true road game in November, where both Missouri and their opponent were still competing for a championship. And even then, Missouri wasn't likely competing for a national championship because of the format. But they were a one loss team if memory serves. Uh, no, they were two lost team. That's why. They were two lost team at that. They lost to Ohio State and Nebraska, but they're playing for a Big Twelve Championship. In this case, Missouri's still in the mix for the national championship. Yep, yep. They're one of, I saw Gabe tweet this out, one of six teams that theoretically just all they have to do is win. Now, of course, that's easier said than done, but they actually control their own destiny. And it's November. And as Gary Pankle would say, those who win in November will be remembered. Yep. And that is what the opportunity is on Saturday. So I appreciate the question from James or the observation. It wasn't really a question. Um, and that's just... That's that's my mindset. That's why I think I was maybe at odds with Cardinal fans this year who who were like, well, if you trade Goldschmidt and Arenado, then and I'm like, yeah, but you're not going to win a championship with them because, not because of them, but because of the rest of the team. Right. And what is the goal? Is the goal to win a championship or is the goal to just have players that, you know, fans like? I'm in the mindset of championship. and, and, and But that doesn't mean that if you don't win a championship, I'm screaming and calling for your head. Right. Are things progressing or are they regressing? And in Missouri's case, like I said, the jury's in. Progress has been in. I thought progress was made last year. Right. But in this case, clearly progress has been made. And I think more importantly, because this is what I've noticed in particular with a Clemson team that won a national championship, they are getting better as the year goes on. And I would t- I realize Middle Tennessee is an obvious bad comparison if you want to make the case that they aren't that much better because Middle Tennessee was so bad. I think that was their worst game of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if you want to compare it to the Memphis game, which was a, you know, relatively speaking, comfortable win. I was never sitting there going, oh, Missouri's going to lose this game. Um, covering might be an issue, but losing this game, it never felt like that was in doubt. Against Vanderbilt, comfortable win. Never thought they were going to lose the game. This is a better team now. The team is improving. Why? Because the defense is now showing up to play as well as the offense. So when you have those things all colliding at one time, that's when you have an opportunity to do something special. And hopefully, from our standpoint on this show, that's what we see this Saturday in Athens, Georgia. There it is, a Mizzou-centric podcast here. Who would have have seen it coming?
1: I mean, it's Georgia week, man. It's Georgia week. And, you know, it's... Of a gun. This I be- got
0: to tell you, I, it's inadvertent, but I love the fact that I can tell that people who normally don't care about Missouri football are paying attention to it. And they might be paying attention to it to see them lose so we can be miserable because that's the way the things work. And that's fine. I understand that. That's part of, as I've said before, the cost of doing business. Yep. But it's getting attention. And I think it should. I mean, it's an SEC school 125 miles down the road with three St. Louisans leading the offense. Big time. And they're playing the number one team in the country that's in the midst of, you know, I don't know if you'd call it a dynasty yet, but it's, it's certainly right lurking there. I mean, if History they win this of, year, yeah. thir- three, first three-time in a row champions since, what, like 1930s in Minnesota? Yeah, I didn't like, know Minnesota did that. Late 30s. Uh, so it's it's not like you got to apologize for talking about it. It's what people are talking about. And I think that's a good thing. That Why wouldn't you want to have, be invested in a football team, whether you like them or cheer against them, whatever. I don't give a shit. I was sitting there cheering for Kansas like passion. I stood up yeah. when they completed that fourth down to keep the drive alive. Because I'm like, I need Kansas to win, so Missouri is in a good spot with Oklahoma losing. That's how. That's that's what makes college football fun. Again, even if you're going, holy shit, I'm getting 30000 on on $100, you want to have the hope. You want to have the hope. And once a team and a fan base, but in particular a team, go, "Ah, we're playing for nothing, especially if you had high expectations. That's why I was using LSU. If they would have lost in Columbia, is things could have just gone off the rails there. When there's no hope, oftentimes you don't see the motivation. Well, here you still have the motivation, and it's an opportunity. And I recognize there's a good chance I'm going to be disappointed, but I'm comfortable with putting my emotions out there for the opportunity to be rewarded for investing and believing that this team could actually do that, which nationally, I'm sure, is thought to be impossible. Uh, Jackson, I uh, always enjoy bullshitting with you. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, the great Jackson Burkett. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network.